Hello and welcome to the Professional Women's Network Barcelona podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know PWN Barcelona, we are a non-profit organization focused on accelerating the agenda of diversity and gender balance in leadership, and we are an international organization. We typically have our events in person. This particular event was due to be scheduled uh, just after International Women's Day, but because of the recent uh, changes in conditions for us all, uh, we decided to um, move forward in the spirit of innovation and bring this event online and tonight. So the agenda for our event, or the topic rather, is engaging men a win-win for diversity. And in our experience, we've seen uh, mounting evidence that men have an incredibly valuable role to play in ensuring that we build a world where gender diversity is a real possibility for all um, leadership teams globally and they are leading the way in creating change and developing and delivering policies that leadership uh, teams need and of course that means bringing a lot of women on board and although in our events we hear from many women tonight we thought we'd invite a male leader who works in Barcelona to talk to us about his experience of um, diversity and gender balance in leadership. So we are going to structure this this evening with having a 20 minute discussion with our guest tonight and then we'll have a 10 minute Q&A. So when you think of a question that you'd like to ask our guest, feel free to type it into the comment box and we will hopefully get to your questions uh, towards the end of the event. So without further ado, why don't you introduce yourself to us, David? Okay, so good evening, everybody, and uh, thank you for joining. A little bit belated, technology has not been on our side this week, for sure. But um, yeah, my name's Dave Kirby. Um, you'll quickly notice, although I'm resident in Barcelona, I'm not naturally uh, from here. Um, originally, I'm from Oxford in England, uh, where I both studied and uh, started my early career. Uh, my first early career was in engineering. Um, originally, I kind of thought about describing it as male-dominated, but it for sure kind of male monopolized back kind of 20, 20 years ago when I was uh, working in engineering. I worked through engineering projects and ultimately into leadership roles. And through that whole time, I was blindly unaware um, of gender balance. Let me just close this. Um, gender balance and, uh, and my own un unconscious bias. Uh, back in about 2012, I started to study for uh, my exec MBA and, and that was the first time really that we you know I probably started to think quite differently and, and think about um, yeah think about leadership and think about the teams that, that I either reside in or the teams um, which I lead on conclusion of the MBA I looked for a, an organization that was more diverse than a than a classic engineering organization which which isn't difficult to to, to find for sure and that's when I joined ADP ADP is my current employer, um, and uh, it employs 60,000 people globally. Uh, it's It delivers human capital management, so kind of HR software systems and payroll and you know, kind of classic things that we all need. Um, and through its very nature, it does have a hugely diverse um, mix across that 60,000. So again, it's an interesting um, organization for me. In 2006, 2017, after being in ADP in the in London office for about four years, I was promoted to vice president of global implementation. And that's where ADP asked me to move um, to this great city of Barcelona, which is which is why I'm here today. Although I guess I could be anywhere on this on the on the video. <laughs> um, 
with with the full support of my wife, uh, Liz, and our three children, who I'm fingers crossed will not come in during this uh, this conference <laughs> call because they've been in earlier for some others. Uh, yeah, so I have three children. They're um, seven, nine, and eleven. So easy for me to remember. Uh, Billy, Arthur, and Sebastian. We moved in 2018, and that's a big ask for a family to move. It's a big ask for my wife to leave behind um, her network. It's a big ask for my children to leave behind their families. But it had the full support. It has. It has the full support of the family, and and in particular Liz, who's my who keeps us all together. And uh, I think she has the. You know, the, the most difficult job out there trying to keep the three children out of this room at the moment but um <laughs> yeah, like i say that's where i am uh that's why i'm here and i'm super grateful to to be here tonight and hopefully we can have some good good discussion excellent thank you so much david so first of all uh a very uh, generic question to kick us off i guess is what are your current thoughts and ideas around gender equality and gender balance in leadership okay thank you um so having worked in non-diverse teams and having worked in diverse teams for me diversity in, in any form and obviously today you know we're talking predominantly about around gender balance but diversity in any form is critical in any high performing team it's critical to to bring different perspectives um and share those ideas and those experiences and and those experiences that you can only get through diversity um mm. from a business perspective um it it offers, you know, from a business perspective, and I'll come on to the social perspective in a, in a second to show that I'm not just some crazy business leader. But from a business perspective, our clients, our our customers show strong diversity. Um, you know, you can you can sell sell your products and services to a very diverse range of uh, of, of people. So, without matching, or better still, showing greater diversity, you know, through large organisations and large corporations, which sometimes is difficult because with 70 years in the making, people have kind of trickled to the top of the tree and often, you know, the men have trickled to the top of the tree more, you know, in, in the kind of the, the more, the more less recent times. So, you know, and if I think, you know, kind of real example that I face and it, and, and I will say it wasn't, it was not when I was working for ADP, but I, I was involved in a, in a tender. Um, so bidding for some work, it was in London. Um, and I went, um, and, and there was a hugely diverse team working on the tender, hugely diverse. So probably, yeah. you know, lots of people from lots of, because it was a very diverse bid. And we went to pitch the bid, um, five of us, I think it's four or five of us went to pitch the bid. The number's less important. And we and we had very strong, very strong words in our corporate brochures, very strong words in our tenders around, you know, we're a greatly diverse company and, you know, we support uh, gender diversity, we support um you know all, all of the all, all of the kind of the, the words were there and we we went to present to a very big bank in canary wharf in london and the first thing somebody said to us as the five of us walked in uh thank you very much for coming today um you talk in your rfp about having great gender diversity why have you brought five middle-aged men in blue suits and this is a real <laughs> story and wow. um and we did not win that bid but the reality was we we five middle-aged men in blue suits um mm -hmm. thought that the right thing to do was to take five middle-aged men in blue suits and this was a long time ago but it's for me it really kind of stuck it was it's an old story but for me it was it's something that i kind of remember quite quite critically and again you know it's what the message there is you can say it in your brochures you can say it in your recruitment but if you don't kind of walk the walk then mm -hmm. it kind of means nothing and, and none of us did it deliberately none of us thought this is the right thing to do it's just I think it was just those those unconscious bias just drifting in without kind of without thinking. 
And then if I think about kind of socially, um, you know, rather than from an economic standpoint, obviously losing the bid was a bit of a shock. But if I think about socially, and again, I, you know, I think back not to, well, I will totally give away my age, but if I think back 47 <laughs> years, um, you know, my my mother was, you know, was super bright and super, you know, super engaged in one of her careers. But 47 years ago, she, she stopped working in the, in the organization she was in to, to kind of bring up me and then ultimately my sister and my and my brother but she never went back to she never went back to the career that she could have had and whether this is the right thing to say or not if you compare my father and my mother they always say that I got my brains from my mother so let's not go into that anymore but I think when I think about 47 years ago it wasn't a choice hmm. it wasn't a choice to say should mum or dad work it was just it, it just it just happened that way and and, and if I think back I'm sure we as a family would be a lot better off if my dad would have stopped working and my mum would have carried on. But that's kind of, for me, things have changed. 47 years is a long time, but mm. it's so, so important to see how far we've come, but equally see how much further we, we, can, we can go. For sure. And I, and I think what you said there about uh, the role of your mum and your dad when you were growing up, a lot of us will relate to that. I certainly do. When I, when I my, so my dad passed many years ago now, but you know, he was, he, we had a very traditional family. He was a main breadwinner, but my mom had equal intelligence and she, I don't think she even realized she had the choice of being the breadwinner if she, if she, you know, if she was aware of that and how different would my life have been if, 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 if my mom was, was also taking a lead role at home. I want to touch on one thing that you said earlier about uh, when you talked about the bid and, and the all male team and how, you know, your brochures can talk about gender balance and how focused you are on diversity. But if you don't walk the walk, then your, your brochures mean nothing. Yeah. So talk to us about the current uh, male female split in the leadership team in ADP. So both the team that you're in as a VP and the team that you manage. Okay, no, that's that's a good that's a good question because, and again, it's a good question that does warrant a slightly more wordy answer because I could say you know the ratio, the ratio, and, and, and deliver there. But if I look at sixty thousand people in ADP, our managers and above, about forty five percent of the managers and above across sixty thousand people are female. So that in the headline sounds, I won't say it sounds good because it's not fifty, but it sounds positive versus what you said earlier only 20 percent but actually when you dig under the numbers an adp has some fantastically good intentions and in the last three to five years we've seen some good progress there but when i look at the the adp board so the board of directors on adp just 20 percent of those are women so you know two from ten are, are women and if i take the next level down which is like the executive committee that is the executive committee things slightly improve but things still go nowhere towards for that 45% number and at the executive committee level is 25%. So so what this is telling what this is telling me and what's telling you know our our, our analysts in, in ADP is that we have lots of female managers and we have managers of what we would call an individual contributor but we have less female leaders of leaders. So I and I now will ask the specific answer, the question that you asked, because I'm super proud about, about it. So in the team that I am part of, um, so the departmental leadership of the global payroll team, the it's a 40-60 split from a female male ratio again, which is which is good. But the team that I lead, so the team that I lead, um I have I have I help the rate I help the numbers perhaps, but I have just um 
just one I have one man and six uh, women working directly for me and I and I and I don't feel that this is this is you know a non-diverse team because of this reasons and I and I'm not so brave as to think why I don't think it's a non-diverse team um, but again it's it feels like you know it's it's a strong and it's a high performing team I don't ever think wow I need two more women or wow I need two more men it's just it works well but my point is you know one in five uh, skews the numbers on that 45% number at the top at the headline. Mm, mm. So when you talked about the um, the severe lack of diversity in the border ADP, those numbers that you actually stated are not numbers that surprise me because at the PWN we you know we we work with a lot of companies or we, we at least talk to them and and they they share the challenges that you have with gender diversity at the top. So you'll have um, you know entry level up to middle management. Uh, the gender split is more or less 50-50, if not 40-60, but the higher you go, the fewer women you have. So what's being done at ADP to address that lack of balance? Okay, no, that's a, that's a good question. And a lot and, and you know, a lot is being done at ADP to address mm. the balance. So we have a very, very strong um, women's inclusion network, international women's inclusion network. Um, I win, everything at ADP has to be an acronym. So we have a very strong network and the one thing that I think why this network is such, is such a success is, you know, it's been built and then people have chosen to join it. And there are, hmm. you know, no surprise, more about 80% of the members of IWIN are female, but 20% of the um, of the members of IWIN are female. And IWIN is across the 125 countries that ADP is in. It's across the 60,000 people. And, and across it's all the way from you know from the top to the bottom you mentioned entry level it, it would have people just joining and it would and it also has of the 10 people on ADP's board all of them are members of IWIN and all of them will actively participate and support the activities mm-hmm. and, and and the key I think the things that work the things that work the best are those kind of local chapters and the president of the Barcelona IWIN um, Cindy Jansen I think she presented to this group, you know, in, in, in certainly one of the past meetings. And she, yeah. one of the local things that happen is around um, just showing role models. So showing showing other women in, in, the, in the organization that it's fine to, you know, it's fine to go home and do what you need to do. It's fine to show flexibility. It's fine. And, and how you can be successful in that next level of leadership. Because one of the things that, that I, I've probably heard more than once, but again, each time I hear it, it's fascinating. Is this kind of concept that you know a man looks at a see a job description and sees sees two things that he can do, so he thinks I'm ready for the job, and the, and the woman has to see you know 90% of the things she has to be very confident before she's even willing to put her hand up to be ready for the role. So, you know, so how how are we helping that ADP? We're 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 having a mentorship and the sponsorship program, and those those two kind of roles are are, are very different um to to help to help women and, and and the mentors and the sponsors are both male and female so that's something that you know we've i think we tried both both sides but really to to support women to 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 to, to convince and to help them be confident to go for the roles that the men are going for because um you know it is super important because without a balance and and my my president, so the 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 leader of the of the European, uh, sorry, the international piece, he will not interview. He will not start the interview process now until he has at least an equal mix of male and female candidates, which is which makes our talent acquisition team a little bit nervous because they 
it's quite a difficult thing to do sometimes for certain roles. So mm. I think for me, it's really helpful, um, you know, that we have these mentor programs and we have a really strong recruitment approach. And, and one of the other things that's that I know many have felt uncomfortable, many middle aged men in blue suits have felt uncomfortable is um is that we've gone through some quite rigorous um focus around unconscious bias and the and the and many eyes have been open to how how you think to 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 your point uh was when you talked about you you grew up in a traditional family and the dad was the breadwinner and and mm-hmm. i think you know these things you know and i yeah these things these things stay with you for a long time and until you can kind of uncode and recode yeah. i think it's quite a difficult thing to work through Hmm. In ways that you don't realize, I think as well. Often, often if I if I have uh, felt excluded from a team, I and, and I've worked in IT for the majority of my career. So I've worked in very male dominated teams. Um, the last thing I put it down to was was gender. But now now that I'm in this field and I'm learning about other women's experiences, I can see that actually sometimes that exclusion was down to gender and the old boys club and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it's true, the stuff stays with you and it's it's often very difficult to uh, to define specifically why your gender is, is an issue as it were. Yeah. So um, thanks for sharing what ADP are doing to redress, redress the balance uh, of gender in the leadership team. So why why do you think it is that women find it difficult to break that ceiling, as it were. What do you think it is that's different in the experience of a man uh, that a woman may not necessarily do? You mentioned you mentioned the thing around reading a job description, and you know, a woman ex- typically women will say, "I need to be one hundred percent ticking all the boxes before I mm. move forward with the application." So, what else do you think that they do that men typically don't? So I think, you know, one of the things if I think about that, that's a recruitment process, you know, whether that's external or, or internal to kind of gain promotion. I think that people put a lot of weight in CVs and and CVs, you know, if I think about when I was taught to do a CV, it was all about don't show any breaks, don't show any gaps between job A and job B. So you had to show a continuous flow of project engineer, project manager, pro- program manager. And, and as long as there's no gaps, that's a good CV. And I think that these things flow through because, you know, if you if you take, you know, take a woman that's had, you know, one, two or three, I advise against three, but one, two or three children, um, you know, there's going to be breaks. Naturally, um, you know, the man can't do that bit. So there will be breaks. There can be breaks. And those breaks could, can and should be, you know, people have different views, but they can be one year, two years. And, and I think that those things those things flow through in the CV and those things flow through in that kind of unconscious bias. But I think also in the candidate as well, almost a little bit embarrassed. And I've seen people be embarrassed and almost apologize for, yeah, well, I, I took six months off, but you know, like, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm over that now rather than, you know, I did a super positive thing. My child is, I bonded all of the kind of the positives that come with mm. these, with these approaches. So I think it's, it's, it's hard to instill, self-confidence if you've spent your time being pushed back for those for those reasons but I, I think it's you know um, I feel a man would like wash over those things or kind of you know it would just it wouldn't it would be a positive somehow rather than yeah. apologizing yeah. for something that 
let's be honest, if, if women didn't do, then none of us would be here. So mm. I think it's quite important. <laughs> mm, absolutely. And actually, uh, we were due to have another speaker, uh, Zara Jan Mohammed, with us tonight, but she wasn't able to make it. And she has an excellent story that's incredibly inspiring when it comes to women in jobs or even looking for a change in career or a promotion whilst being pregnant. So I'm going to leave it on a cliffhanger there because we're going to have um, a podcast interview with Zara coming up in the next couple of weeks. But I think for those women um, that consider when I have children, will it set me back in my career? Something I'm thinking about now mm -hmm. um, or have for a while, you know. Um, she has an answer that I think is going to inspire many women. But I think, yeah, gaps on CVs, unless, you know, often unless they are, you know, um, used in or presented in like i use mm -hmm. my time efficiently i took i took a uh, time off for a sabbatical i went traveling i tried building different experiences somehow having children doesn't carry the equal weight and it needs to because it's part and parcel of life um so let's let's uh, have one final question from me and then we'll move on to questions from uh, the audience so what do you think women can do to encourage the engagement of men in their leadership teams Okay, I'm glad I've got this question rather than the pregnancy uh, application <laughs> question. So that's good. Um, yeah. So what? So that. So the question is, how can how can women engage men to help resolve the the problem? I think um, you know men will never fully understand some you know some physical facts of life, giving birth, and you know all of these things. It will never understand this this physical or emotional or emotional feeling. Um, but it doesn't mean that you know that the men I think most men are trying. Maybe people will snigger when I say this. is a very <laughs> classic English saying, but most men are trying. And no, I don't. I don't feel that men are deliberately trying to block. I think it's you know the unconscious bias is really is really is an eye is an eye opener for everybody. And I think even if you go through it a year later, is an eye opener. So you know you have to the the the, the men and 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 the, and the organization has to gain awareness um, and try to better appreciate how others are, how others are feeling, and how how things that you will never experience, you know, I will never experience going to the moon, but I can appreciate it will be quite an experience. But, um, you know, those kind of things around just understanding the challenges that are faced. And again, you know, it it's fine that you, and being consistent. So allowing, allowing leaders to be consistent, because I've seen and heard examples where, you know, if I give feedback, to a man and I'm about to tell him he's, he's, he's not done a great job. I'm, I'm just going to tell him he's not done a great job. And then you hear these stories where you're going to give that same feedback to a woman and you, and you approach it very differently. You even use different voices and, you know, in the extreme, you may, you know, kind of push the, push the, the tissue box closer because and you have to be consistent. So I think, um, you know, that the consistency is, you know, it is, is really important to just maintain the balance. And again, you know, we, the, the women have to have to help the men to, to find the appreciation and and some things happen through 47 years of kind of coding and and you know just you know put it put put us right and i think people are big enough now and and realize the importance of this to be put right and if we can kind of be you know we can be course adjusted it's much mm. better than allowing the man to, to you know to go off in 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 you know in in those in those crazy examples and i and i yeah mm. so i think help us to help and we can kind of work together because i see you know we we have to work together and again that kind of you know the flexibility afforded 
afforded to all should be a flexibility afforded to all if you know, yeah. if, if i have to go home because i won't say one of my children's name in case one of them come in the room but if i have to come home to have because little john is banged his head in the playground then you know people should look at me in the same way as if a woman goes home and the, and, and right. those kind of consistencies i think are are important um because you know when little johnny does bang his head in the playground i i would probably put money that more often than not um it's not the dad that's going to the school right yeah and i'm hoping one of your kids isn't called little john because we'd have to no no otherwise they will come busting in so i didn't mention <laughs> any of their names okay so let's uh let, let's move on to some questions from the audience i'm going to pick up my phone and have a look so um here's a question has david encountered resistance to change from men and what does he do or say to counter that resistance to change mm. okay so have i encountered resistance to change from mm. men i think i think five years ago yes open resistance um for this and you and five years ago or maybe even 10 years ago it's it's a it's it's a it was it was a harder argument than it is today i think that you know you you would have 10 years ago men who would be sitting in there in their office and you would see the classic and again i i harp back to the, in my engineering days but you kind of see the classic you know the 50 year old man has one office the 40 year old man has another office the 30 year old man has a as a maybe a desk and then you know maybe there might be one one token you know one token uh, in the office but I, I i think that i've seen resistance 10 years ago and it was it's more difficult to push but now you really can fight fire with fire because nobody is you know, nobody is going to stand up and, and 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 openly say it and if you see them um subconsciously saying it then you can course correct so i i think mm. that kind of course correction is important because i genuinely don't think that any of you know adp sixty thousand associates i don't think anyone there is waking up in the morning and thinking must give a job to a man must give a job to a woman but in their coding some of them have got more than 47 years coding they've got that kind of so you you have to help them you have to steer them and, and and guide them and i think there are small signs that kind of make us cringe a little bit you know if there's things that can happen and you just have to kind of point point them out and then someone might say oh and you know you, you mm. the, the answer you want is ah oh, I, I never thought someone else would 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 see it this way and then hopefully they've listened and, and it's moved on Let's talk about that for a minute. Then, have you have you ever had an experience where you know you've you've um, had that? I never I never realised it was like that for a woman. In, in business, uh, Dave, in business. Yeah, have I? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, have I had that? Um, I don't know if I can recall personally. For me, um, I think that the the kind of the open things that make some people kind of again i'm thinking back now i'm certainly not thinking in my time at adp and i'm thinking a different time but those kind of unnervy things where you find yourself in a meeting and there there may be a balance and you know the for example the um you know the the the, the refreshments come out and, and you kind of see who starts to who goes who's first the refreshments oh do you want you know do you want a drink and just those things for me i, I find that a bit difficult and mm. I, I would you know i would i would kind of i would always kind of push against those those kind of those actions and again we we both we all have a role to play to resolve those mm, 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 mm. so so what about uh your experience in terms of addressing uh attitudes towards gender bias what have you what have you done in terms of strategy or tactics to... okay 
So I think one of the things that that doesn't work, uh, let's start with it with the negatives. One of the things that doesn't work is, um, you know, I used to play rugby in England and I love rugby and there's nothing more than I love to just reminisce about my rugby days. Um, but nobody is interested in sport and analogies and even less so nobody is interested in rugby analogies. So, you know, my kind of, and I've used these and this is something I've learned, but I've used these. Sporting analogies should be left for the for, for the sports field. Yeah. Uh, leave them there because people, you know, you're 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 making an assumption that they they know one thing about what you're talking about, and often often they don't. You might have one or two in the room that does. So, sporting analogies don't work. Don't don't harp back to your, you know, your kind of, you know, your your passion. And my passion was certainly rugby. But um, mm. but what what I think has worked. I think what has worked is you have to maintain momentum. Because we've all been in projects and initiatives where what's the next big thing? Ah, oh, it's you know gender balance, and then you put a few posters up and you have a couple of meetings, and then nothing happens until mm. the next year when ADP starts to measure again. So for me, it's momentum, it's visibility, it's kind of just building building that momentum to just drive it home. So you know a cadence around meetings, but not meetings for the sake of meetings. You know this. This, this PWN network seems super, you know, I, I think it's great that we've gone ahead today. Technology has kind of been, you know, good, good enough. So <laughs> I think just maintaining the momentum and, and keeping the visibility and refreshing and don't think that we must have a meeting every quarter because we must have a meeting, but just doing the things, yeah. bringing, bringing in. And one of the things that, you know, I had, I had a, um, when I did my MBA, I met, I met somebody who, uh, a, a woman leader in, in my MBA and she's, She's she's now a super close friend, um, but she she is now the CEO of the British Heart Foundation, which is a for those who know the UK, it's a, one of the prestigious kind of NGOs. Um, Heart Foundation, super important. But she, I asked her again, it cost me dinner, I'm sure, but I asked her to to come and present to the team in London, in in um, in the UK, because she's obviously she's a CEO, she's mm. she's at the top, she's one of the twenty percent. So I asked her to share her stories, and she. She came with no PowerPoint. She just taught her story and she shared and, and people really, really listened. Mm. And people really, really understood, you know, some of the challenges. And, and, and I think that those sharing the stories, showing the showing the role models and, you know, and supporting the role models and celebrating the role models. It's one of the things that ADP has done recently is kind of showcasing role models in uh, women, women leadership. So, mm. you know, and, and mm -hmm. make a make a big thing of it. And um make it as, as the kind of the norm. Mm, mm, absolutely. So so here's another question, which is um, what are ADP doing to encourage women to apply for leadership roles? Okay, so a couple of these things we've, we've covered. So this kind of concept of we will not interview until we have um, you know, an, an equal mix of, of male and female applicants for the role. That's a, that's a, um, a directive to our talent acquisition team, I think, which is which is important. And then the other thing that we're doing is we, you know, we can't we can't do the decoding and the recoding um, of every woman in ADP to say, don't worry that you you only know two of the things on the CV. That man next to you is going to apply. So because we can't do that, we're using our mentors and our we're using our mentors to coach to help them be more confident and go and go in with a you know with with, with a more to, to effectively give it a shot you know apply for a role that you previously may not have applied for but also 
we have sponsors and the sponsors tend to be at a more a more senior level that mm. you know, the sponsors now know a number of our potential high potential and we have a you know we have a nurturing of our high potential female leaders um so they will know these are known to these are known to the executive committee these are known to the to the local board so we 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 identify our top talent our top female talent for for the future and we give them all the opportunity to present um to present at the board so they will they will come with a topic sometimes of their choice sometimes a topic not of their choice and present at the board so that we can get a kind of a regular flow of high potential female leaders in front of mm. the 80 percent men that sit on the board so mm. i think that's super important so that's that's the, those are the kind of the, the actions that that we are taking we measure ourselves we you know we are measured um you know individual well individually departmental level and then obviously the group level and there's a you know there's a target to to propagate up the 50 percent mm. that we see lower down as we move up into our kind of more senior grades mm. cool um and i think the la let's let's go to one last question now mm. so <laughs> so you've you've been in barcelona for a few years what have you noticed um, changing in terms of uh, work culture when it comes to diversity and I guess in our in our case specifically gender balance? Okay, so Barcelona is I, I come from I come from a kind of a small village in the UK. So Barcelona is hugely, hugely diverse. And, um, you know, mm. the variety that we that we see in in Barcelona is is much the same as you know in, in any big city um, but i think more so than london and again i was a long way from london so a long a long way away from uh diversity so i i, I think that flexible working is 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 a really important for for diversity to allow mm. to allow people to balance life and you know balance life is it, it would be you know if, if i was here with my three children and mrs kirby decided she wasn't coming to to barcelona with me it would be it would still be feasible, um, but it would be pretty damn near impossible to manage the kind of balance if I didn't have kind of flexible working. And and I see this, so I you know I encourage I encourage people to make a big thing of leaving. Don't you know? Don't be oh I'm the last in the office. Look at me, I'm a hero. You know I I love to say I'm going home to watch my son Arthur uh, watch football. <laughs> He's terrible at football, but I watch him anyway. Um, but I, I make a big thing on a Friday. I'm going home to watch my son be beaten ten nil at football. But I, I go and I and I think it's important to make those points, and it's important to go to the school concerts. Admittedly, they're virtual at the moment, but go to the school and, and make those be visible that you're you're doing things that hold on. Why is why is dad going to the school concert? You know, make these things visible. I think that helps. Mm. And it it also helps. You know, I have I said I had six six women who were brought directly into me and, and and one man and I don't think any of them would would feel funny about asking me if they could do something that they felt was you know was was something related to the to the family or, or anything they needed to do I think that's important mm. yeah and actually uh, I think I think sometimes um, whether this is reality or not I don't know but women can often feel like they're being judged for being going home to do something with the kids and men are celebrated like isn't it sweet he's a dad and he's mm. going home to look after the kids and I, I don't know how real that is but I think in the women's minds that's what they're sometimes thinking yeah I, I agree I don't I think that you know I, I, I sit in a in, in a group uh within the, within the Barcelona office and I, and I I would I would agree oh what a great you know super dad or 
or, or whatever i've got i've got my card here actually that my son can you see this it says super dad he did me a card today super dad <laughs> there we go <laughs> Is that um, Sonic? Yeah, Sonic. <laughs> yes, um, he did this today. Um, but no, I would agree. I think that yeah, is it is it super positive that Dad's gone to watch the the the, the ballet concert, or is it super a drain that the mum's gone again to watch the ballet concert? Right, no, I, I would right. agree. I, I think that, but I think you have to be visible, visible to leave, visible to be late into the office to do those things because you know the businesses demand a lot from us um, mm. and. The business can survive with somebody being out of the office for three hours to do something that you will never get the opportunity to do again. You will never get to yeah. see whatever it is you see. And I think if you miss those opportunities, you, yeah, it, I think life is wasted. Mm. And I think in this in this time we're in now, businesses are really understanding how flexibly they can actually work and how work and yeah. life is connected like this. No, it's really becoming yeah. quite apparent. So, Dave, thank you very much for being our guest tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to what you've said, and I've I've been reading the comments, and 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 my my phone's been buzzing off the hook. It's not on a hook, but it's been buzzing anyway. Uh, with with uh, with the fact that you've you know you've really delved into detail, you've been very open and honest. And at one point, I think it, it almost felt like an interrogation, maybe because I was, I was asking question after question. But you've uh, you've I think you've really left us with some food for thought, but also some ideas that we can take back to our uh, respective organisations. So, Dave, thank you very much. For